Welcome to We Sing the Bass Electric, a podcast for bass lovers and music enthusiasts of all genres. Join us as we revisit some of the most iconic recordings from different bassists, past and present, discussing behind-the-scene insight and stories that made up some of the most revered albums of our time, all from a bass player's point of view. Now here's your host, international recording artist, Mr. Christian Day Masonis, a.k.a. Big New York. Hello, bass family and music lovers. Today's episode is a slight departure from what I've shared with you in the past. I've invited two of the most successful independent recording artists in the smooth and contemporary jazz genre to share some insight and backstories about how they achieve success in the music business. Tony Saunders, whose latest release, Sexy Something, has spawned multiple top 10 singles, including his cover of the Whispers hit Rocksteady, and Brendan Rothwell, who is still promoting his second release, Sentiment, have both achieved number one chart status on smoothjazz.com. Brendan has also amassed over 1 million listeners on Spotify. As always, if you like what you hear, please support We Sing the Bass Electric and subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you. This past year, the world took a long pause as the pandemic took front and center stage, affecting how artists make a living. Musicians, band leaders, and recording artists were forced to pivot, especially those who made a living from live performances. My first question to you, my fellow bass brethren, is how did you prosper and keep your creativity alive moving forward through this past year? So, Brendan, tell us, what was, uh, what was your motivation and, and your strategies and your secrets, man, about handling this uh, pandemic uh, situation? Well, uh, I think your, your phrasing of your question was exactly right, because you said the pandemic took center stage, right? I mean, that's the place that we're all used to be. And this thing came out of nowhere. You know, I was down in... Uh, in California in in February of last year. It's where Tony and I first met. Yeah, that's where we met, yeah. Right. And uh, you know, we'd we'd heard about this this thing happening somewhere else in the world. You know, we had a great few days in California. We flew back, we got to Calgary. I was back in my Monday to Friday oil and gas world office job, you know, pay the bills, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And like Two to three weeks later, we were done. We were shut down, working from home. And then a couple of months later, my job went away. Right, six hundred of us lost our jobs that week um, from the from the oil company. So, so my motivation very quickly became the thing that I've been doing, not quite as long as Tony, but almost as long as Tony, which is playing. I've always played. So I've always worked, but the music thing for me, really since you know, pretty much being born, music was part of me. So I was fortunate. It was almost, I don't want to say easy, but it was kind of a no-brainer for me to swing from corporate world to focusing purely on the music piece. Mm. The Sentiment album had been out, what, just over a year at that point. It was still doing pretty well. And I was building uh, somewhat of a reputation in that sort of North American space anyway. And so 
I was in contact with other artists. That was a very big motivator because other people wanted to chat about music. But then as the pandemic played out and took over from just center stage to the entire stage, and we started to see you know clubs closing and people walking away from the industry, it, it became even more motivational because now I had other artists that maybe we'd been talking a couple of months ago about a project. Now they just want to phone up and chat. They just want to talk and, you know, hey, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a really bad day. And so, you know, we're not going to figure out mental health stuff on this call today and fix all that, but it's a big piece of all of our lives. And so a lot of these guys and girls, musicians that have been doing music full-time all their lives, suddenly that was ripped away. So I, I consider myself fortunate that I guess I didn't lose that because I hadn't been solely focused on that. And it put me in a position where I was able just to talk to people, you know, and, and talk people through some of this stuff. And I found that very motivational for myself. Um, in terms of how did I prosper? Well, uh, a few things happened. You know, thankfully there are still people in the world that want to <laughs> buy music on CD. That kind of helps, right? Mm -hmm. um, the streaming thing, as much as people have knocked it and as much as people get upset about it only pays, you know, hundreds of a cent. That's probably true, but it's a kind of question of, you know, how many spins do you get? How many people are actually playing your music? And I know we're going to talk a bit about branding later on in this conversation as well, but that's a huge piece of it. And so I was suddenly given time to work on some more of that stuff even more, continue the branding piece, continue to push out the name and the, the music, and saw that steadily grow. Of course, the whole world was at home listening to Spotify, right? So it kind of helped a little bit. Um, but that was a big motivation for me. And it was a big, big way for prospering. But prospering isn't only financial. You know, a lot of people make that mistake. And I think prospering in the last year for anybody that's been able to sort of keep their keep their head above water and just keep a strong focus, <clears throat> that's probably the best kind of prosperity you can have right now is a positive mindset. So this uh, downtime allowed you to kind of reach out and make more connections, branch out, because it gave you the time to right. make those calls and, and to share your, your energy and your space with so many of us who are doing kind of the same thing. Um, what both you and Tony have uh, one thing that I've, I've definitely noticed um, about your history. Besides, oh, you know what, man? I'm not going to be the only fool here, man, with the smooth jazz hat on. Okay, let me let me take my hat off, bro. I still got some hair on the top of my head. Um, but uh, you both got uh, this incredible branding and marketing uh, situation through Smooth Jazz Global with Sandy Shore's uh, company, right. and. Um, how much do you think um, that affected your visibility, Tony? What it, you know, you've already worked with Sandy uh, for on, on more than one single. Yeah, right? I've, you, I've, I've worked with her for the entire um, the entire eleven years of my smooth jazz career. Here, mm -hmm. um, I would say that they're very honest. I mm -hmm. love them to death. That's how, like Brendan said. That's how we met. We met last uh, year in February. We were like on such a high. We just, we watched, yep, there goes a picture of me. You know, I love it. I have that picture on the wall right here. Um, and, um, you know, we, 
we we met in February. We were on a high, and um, you know we're at the smooth jazz thing. Dave Cos, we're we're there with Cos and 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 Nathan East. I saw Nathan East make a mistake, so I felt a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw him make a mistake at at, at sound check, and I was like, wow, he mm-hmm. makes mistakes, unbelievable. You know, Greg mm-hmm. Fillingaines never makes a mistake um, on keyboards mm-hmm. and Ferroni. Ferroni was like hella funny. And, um, you know, so we're at the, we're at the, we're at this thing. My record was doing like hella good right then. It was like on one of the charts. I think that was when they still had the indie chart. It was like number one for like 12 weeks. And, right. and, and when, when you're, one thing I will say, whenever you go up the charts on them, it brings attention to you and people call me out, out of nowhere. In fact, Here's my letter that Dave Cos wrote me after that event. You know what I mean? The Cos, mm. and he goes, you know, he says, Tone, you know, I want you to continue to do what what you do independently, which was which was a great a great motivational thing. He said, I, I hear about you, I hear about you. You know what I mean? He says, and and plus he lives, he has a, a house appearance by me in Sausalito. So you know that that was a great connection. But March in March, I was on top of the world, and smooth jazz help my sanity stay 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 the same um i think that everything that they do is is for you but it's also for them too it's a business but but sandy they're honest and they they help you move your career forward you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and they have the personal touch that is makes you feel so comfortable that you want you don't mind doing anything i've worked with a lot of people a lot of singles guys and some of them work your song for 12 weeks and then they stop. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Some of them work your song until it's, it, it doesn't do it anymore. But mm-hmm. so that, that helped me, like um, Brendan said, get through this pandemic, those 1 million spins, all of a sudden those checks weren't three cents anymore. I still have a couple one centers, but but they all of a sudden I got a I got a you know I got a couple thousands of dollar checks, you know what I mean? And um watercolors plays the best. But all but Sandy Shore, what what is a trip about smoothjazz.com, they now have more stations than Billboard has. And the cold thing about this is Billboard is only 13 stations. Right, Sandy right. Sandy Shore has 60 something stations. So when they say they're like the old Gavin report, the old Gavin report used to be all a black radio. And and that's how they would uh that's how Billboard would keep track of black radio through the Gavin report and jazz, right? Mm. And so Sandy and them are doing a good job. They've made the the playing field come to them cuz they were women. And mm. and of course the Alan Keplers of the world when they first started they were like, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? But Sandy and them have steadily made themselves important, and they still reach out and touch. You know what I mean? Sometimes the money's kind of harsh; you don't want to pay it. But you know, they—I I feel that I'm getting a fair exchange. I don't. I, when I really think about it, they're doing me. A, they're doing. I'm getting out of them what they get out of me. And and um, I'd say that it's been a slow rise for me to see that. But I do know that you know more people call me for gigs now from all over the world than that happened 11 years ago or 10 years ago and my awareness you know of getting they i came down there just to hang out and see nathan east but i got to meet brendan and we have a relationship you know what i'm saying and we've we've talked a few times 
uh, he don't know this, but I copied his branding. I like how he has a B and the R. That's kind of cool. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's yeah. really cool. But he made me like, yeah, there you go. You got it. You have to pay attention to those little details, and then people pay attention to you. Um, and um, you, when Christian, when you when you saying you're big New York, I said, man, who is this? saying he's from he is new york i said let me check this out you know what i mean it may it, it, it makes a difference so so i think that <laughs> I, I can't say a bad word about about sandy and uh donna and uh sue you know what i mean and yeah. now i know all of them dale esther you know i can't say a bad word about them because i think they're giving us they're getting paid but they are giving us a fair shake and bring awareness mm. to more and more artists because i mean there's there's millions of artists now you know what I mean? And it's really easy to make a record and, and get it out there. Um, but to get it heard is another story. And I, I think uh, you just gave an incredible plug to them. And I've always, I'm one of those question kind of guys like, hey, man, I'm giving you some cheese. What am I getting back? All that kind of stuff. And, and anybody who knows anything about this business one of the biggest things that you have to learn is you really got to invest. I mean, after, after, after the recording, after you pay all the musicians, after everything is done, which you're already, already spending money on, then you have the next phase, man. And we didn't know that. I mean, come on, we grew up at a time when with the record labels did all that kind of stuff, you know? Uh, and so now we're doing everything ourselves. We're, we're making our own videos. We're on social media. We spend so much time on social media. And uh, so for me personally, it's a big, big learning experience. I actually wish that I knew back then when I released my first album back in 2010, Groove School Band, that, um, you know, that I knew what it had to, to take to get it out there. What can you share with those listening about some of your strategies? Now, Brendan, this really goes out to you because you are the king of branding. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, innovation on that. Yeah, you're, you're the king of branding, brother. Um, in case people don't know who you are, the fact that you're you've gotten a million. Now, I believe it's a million followers, correct? Or is it a million listeners? Or what's the difference? Brendan, please explain. Sure, I'll do, I'll do what I can. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, one of the things, I guess, following on from Tony's um, very valid and very eloquent point on the smoothjazz.com piece, real briefly, I would echo what he said, right? So I've only been sort of out in the smooth jazz world about, what, four years, three and a half, four years. <laughs> and it's because of Sandy. Actually, it's because of, Miles, a buddy of mine who plays for Acoustic Alchemy, he said, the world should hear this, and Sandy kind of showed me the way. But I, I have this business background as well as this music background, right? And so the branding piece for me, firstly, it's fun. And if, if you're doing branding and marketing for yourself and it's not fun, get someone else to do it, right? <laughs> the, the adage here is you have to spend money to make money. So whether you're putting money into a campaign with smoothjazz.com, or whether you're going to go pay someone to do graphic design, you have to invest something. For me, I'm fortunate that I have a bit of this background, but I still have to invest the time and the effort and make all these things happen. So on the numbers piece, Christian, um, to give you an idea, I looked at, before the call here, I looked actually at, at our combined numbers. 
Now you mentioned that you know the days of record labels, right? And those days seem a long time ago. But if you take the listeners, followers is a different thing. But let's look at the listeners, the people who actually play my music, your music, and Tony's music across a given month. Let's look at the last twenty-eight days. It's one hundred and fifty thousand people. Wow. Wow. Right. Now you think about a record label back in the 80s trying to sell 150,000 of whatever it is you've just done. My wow. back then long haired heavy metal stuff, Tony. I have to use the quote, Tony, from your intro. <laughs> Tony Saunders said this, Christian. He said, I didn't even know I was funky. Like, what is that, Tony? I was a hippie, man. I, I, was, uh, I, I was a hippie. <laughs> that's never. cool. But, but you, you think about those numbers, right? 150,000 people. Now, lot, I don't know about you guys, but here in Calgary, if I'm lucky enough, pre-pandemic, to actually get a live gig in a jazz club, I have a choice of maybe three venues. And we're looking at maybe 150 people, maybe 150 people. Between us, we've reached a thousand times that in 28 days without even doing any work. You know why? Because of branding. Because people understand that for Tony Saunders, there's a look and feel to his work, right? There's a sound that's been around only a little bit longer than I've been around. <laughs> um, with Christian, it's big New York. They Either they know what that is, or to Tony's point, they want to know what that is. Like, how is it you got the balls to call yourself Big New York? No, <laughs> no. They, they call me Big New York. That's the deal. It's everybody else's perspective, right? Yeah. And then there's this kind of, you know, five foot whatever Anglo-Canadian guy <laughs> from somewhere in the middle of nowhere. But, but you start to add those numbers up and it, it becomes something. So 150,000 people every month are spinning our music. And the beauty of branding is that now you can cross-brand. And so on Spotify, as an example, people hear me, but they scroll, they're going to see people who like this also like Christian Demisanes. They also like Tony Saunders. The list goes on. And then they start to pull those together, and then they get playlists, and then those playlists expand. I was lucky, and Christian, you and I have talked on this a couple of times about the secret, and I've told you there was no secret. It was fortune. But I go back to the concept of you've got to spend money to make money. Or you've got to invest to get a return. That's maybe a better way to put it. Mm. So my investment in things like smoothjazz.com campaign and my time in things like branding mean that my return was that I was fortunate enough to be picked up by Spotify for one of their editorial playlists. And that's, that's the big numbers, right? And so uh, one of my tracks, Think of You, has been on that playlist now for 10 months. Mm -hmm. um, on its own, it's broken a million five streams. The albums are over 27, I think 2627 million streams now. And it's still visible and tracking on the Smooth Jazz charts. Now that's not because Sandy or Donna or Sue have said, oh, we should play Brendan more, right? I mean, there's, there's a whole, whole generation of new artists that have appeared since COVID showed up. Like mm -hmm. I'm amazed how many new names are out there. But to Tony's point, it's because that particular platform, smoothjazz.com, has got all these stations reporting to them now. They still like what I've done. They're still playing what I've done. And so I'm still getting a presence mid-pack on that chart. Um, the other big boost for me, though, was 18 months ago, the year-end chart came out. I was the first independent artist to break number one on all three of their charts simultaneously. And the key there is not 
yay me, it's independent artists. There's no label money behind me. There's no label behind me. It's simply effort, energy, input, brand. And the key to all of this is consistency. If you are consistent, if it's bad, you'll know real fast it's bad. You can change it. But if you keep changing what you do, you'll lose track. People don't know who you are anymore. They lose track of what you're trying to be or who you're trying to be. So be consistent in what you build and you will find out whether people like it or not. And generally, if you're on the right track, you'll get the results in the digital world today really, really fast. He explained it really well. My God. Um, and I, I actually have copied, Brendan, the persistence thing works. And I was I was totally impressed. When you went to number one on all three of those charts and was an indie guy, I was like going, wow, man, that gave me hope. You know what I'm saying? That gave me hope. Because basically on the label I used to be on, I was in, it was all my money. You know what I mean? I was just going through the label because I knew the president and he and he kind of he fended off those people who said, Hey, give me fifteen hundred dollars and I'll play, I'll get you in on WCBS, whatever. Um, I'll get you on a station in New York. And then they send me back a report and my name is spelled wrong. So I know you're lying. You know what I mean? So he kind of eliminated <laughs> all of all of the bs you know what i mean mm. so i didn't have because i'm pretty square i'm pretty square i'm trusting you know what i mean I, if you tell me something i, I believe you're gonna do it you know what i mean mm. i don't i don't have those because because i mean i'm just a hippie guy you know and played that mm. plays bass and um you know and and i i love people and i i love honesty you know though honesty is my fortitude you know if you could be honest with me I don't, if i suck tell me i suck or i'm not right for the project Tell me I'm not right for the project. I, I, I love that. You know what I mean? Because it'll make me maybe learn that a little more or maybe not. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. might not be my niche to get in. But I saw Brendan's, the, the way he, he has this uh, cards where he stands up with his bass and, uh, and he has the B and the R. So then I started noticing. Uh, so I, I, I tell you, I romance the bass like I romance life. Smooth. That's my mm -hmm. thing. Right. And so all my favorite bass players, they would go and they would start going, hey, Mr. Romance, what's up? You know what I mean? You know, they, they come to the gig and they say, hey, Mr. Romance, what, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? So I said, ah, it's catching on. So I still do it all the time. And, um, you know, branding is very important. He he has he has it down. And um, I just learned some more tips from him from Spotify because um my one a couple of my songs are like they're not over a million but they're approaching that now because mm -hmm. they've gotten on other lists and i mm -hmm. learned that that's that's the trick Niels was trying to explain to me how you can really make the most of that i have to really sit down and read it and understand it but he was telling me how to do it because i basically just followed what he did and i did it too um mm -hmm. and um that and then, and then when i saw when he made number one on all three of the charts i said what does he have? Cause Shinachi and Trippin' and Rhythm and um, uh, a couple other those really big labels, they've got on Billboard, if you notice, you look at it, they're there. You know what I mean? There's only 20 slots. There's only what? You could play seven songs or t eight songs, 12 songs in an hour. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that might not be none of us. You know what I'm saying? So so it's it's really 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 forthwith that you really brand yourself well i love i love both of you guys brandon i tell you, you guys are doing a good job because because i i knew i knew that it was work we all took that step where we know that we feel comfortable with what we're saying 
Mm. So, so with both of you guys, and it's you know it, it's work, it's work, it's got us here. Hey, I did a tune with Brendan. If I wouldn't last year at this or a year and a half ago, I didn't even know him. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It, it you know so it's 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 really a great thing, and to watch the success of the independent artists is is a bunch. Um, is 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 really is really you know it's it's really something great to great to see. I've had a great time with all of you, man. I'm not going to keep you long. I'm going to ask you one last question. I mean, I know we could talk about bass and all that, but um, this uh, I I wanted to keep this around 30 minutes. So, my last question to both of you is. What's new for 2021? What do you have on your plate and that the world is uh, going to be surprised with? Uh, Brendan, go ahead and tell me, because I know, I know you've been a busy beaver, bro. I know. Well, uh, for, for Tony's pleasure, i got a couple of cabbage recipes I want to share. Can we do that now? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, you don't have to work hard, man, because this was like screaming. <laughs> oh man, you got some hot sauce on there, Tony? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we got this hot sauce and the ham hocks in there too. Oh, 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 oh. it was good, man. It was good. <laughs> okay, got you, man. I got you. Well, okay, okay. Well, well, we'll do recipes later then. Okay. Um, <laughs> what have I got going on right now? So the, the collaboration thing, like all musicians, you know, during mm. the pandemic, we've had to kind of think a little bit differently and approach this a little differently. So I've been very fortunate, um, you know, the benefit of having some pretty basic but very efficient recording products here and the benefit of time, which is the biggest thing that I've sort of learned this last 12 months is, is what the value of that is. Um, Mr. Reza Khan, who you probably know of, he's a tasty mm -hmm. guitarist who's doing pretty well. Reza and I met sort of virtually a couple of years ago because we were both chatting at the same time. So I've been doing some work with him. Um, I won't get into too many details other than to say he has a new album out, which I'm not on, but you should definitely check out. But he will have another album out in the spring of next year, which I will be on, which you definitely will want to check out. He's got some great guests coming up on that. Uh, there's a guy, Tony Saunders, I think his name is. He and I are doing a, <laughs> doing a, a track that's coming out pretty soon. Um, the Englishman is a is a strange departure for me from the smooth jazz world, but it's a couple of other British guys originally, um, both now in North America. And it's a kind of mixture of instrumental and vocal stuff. Uh, the singer is actually big buddies with Mark King uh, from Level 42. So there's some Level 42 stuff in there. Where yeah, they yes. kind of said, hey, who do we know who plays Level 42? And my phone rang, which was good news. Um, and, you know, some other artists that are, I would say kind of, you know, my level in terms of how long they've been out in this, this smooth jazz world and they've hooked up and we're sort of working on a few pieces there. And also the progressive metal world, of course, I have to dip my toe back in there from time to time. So I'll give a shout to my friends, the band Hayoka's Mirror. Uh, their debut album came out, I think, two months ago. Uh, and that's, uh, if you're really having a bad day, <laughs> don't go watch their videos is all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, is that a is is that video does that have you wearing a black mascara man around your eyes man is that is, is that right or no or... It, it doesn't it, it has me it has me wearing leather pants that i bought back in 1999 i can still get into those good um, for you man because i can't I, get into mine man uh -uh. <laughs> I, I was wearing more leather in that video than the average cow um but it, it looks good looks good 
That's uh, awesome. But no mascara. No, these these eyes are pretty. I just add these and metal. There right. you go. There you go, man. <laughs> All right. And what about you, Tony? Man, what you got uh, well, on I, the horizon I, for us? I have. Uh, I got a new album coming out. New label. Just thought of the. Um, just thought of the title this morning. I woke up and I said, my my album is going to be called All About Love. You know, I got Summertime Love. I got. Um, celebrate you um a song that i can't tell you um, <laughs> um because it's a popular song and i can't tell you the name of it because somebody might steal it and put it out but it just between us you know you know all, all the songs are about love and basically that's what it's about and it's coming out on a new label um it's called baja tsr records which Niels is on lawson rollins is on and the guy tom hayden is the president and um, you know he's a good he's a good guy, he's a fair guy, and um, um, I'm hooking up with him just to to take some of the pressure off of me from having to do stuff. Yeah, you know, I got 15 grandkids, and they they don't care about that I work till two in the morning. You know, at at seven o'clock, I need to be downstairs cooking breakfast and ready to play games. You know what I mean? So <laughs> they don't really care, you know, but they they love the music, which is really fun to watch four-year-olds you know that that got a little vibe and stuff like that so i got this uh cd coming out and uh and the only song that's not about love is with a friend of mine from from uh from alberta and that song's called border patrol and um that's because he's on that border and i'm on this border but we we are cross borderless we have we hold no grudges and we want to go back and forth so, you know, we want to go back and forth. So we exhibited that on the track as an extremely funky track. We both made each other play better. It, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It's a great right. song. You're going to love it. It, it, it. In fact, I wouldn't let it go back and forth no more because cause he, he was going to try to do something else. And then I was going to have to do something else. And then, <laughs> and then, so I just said, this is enough, okay, for this song. <laughs> no, it's really it's a great song and a great opportunity to play with your friends. You know what I mean? We had, we genuinely met and had a great time. We had a great conversation with uh, both our wives and and our family. You know, it's, it's, that stuff doesn't doesn't happen. You know, it's, so that that's the fun part of life. So I'm I have this CD will be out in uh, June. No, no, I'm sorry, it'll be out in August um, of this year. About, yeah, August, August of, of this year. year. Okay, twenty twenty one, and I'm doing a um, a festival um, August twenty seventh through twenty ninth um, at the Golden Gate Jazz Festival. Um, they actually, I'm the producer of the event, and so Friday night we have Kim Waters um, and his and his uh, daughter Kayla Waters, mm -hmm. and um, and we have uh, the guys from Special Effects. Uh, um, Minucci, yeah, and, Chili Minucci, Chili Minucci, and yeah. uh, uh, I forget Leo Leo Tizar. Um, yes, yes, yeah, he's and, excellent. And have, yeah, yeah, and uh, Karen Briggs, Eric oh, Manthal, yes, yeah. and and uh, yeah, Eric Eric Manthal in that band, mm -hmm. and then my band's opening up the show, and then Saturday night we have this guy named Brendan Roth, Brendan Rothwell, Brendan the Messiah from Jamaica. Um, a great jazz guy that I, I happen to play on his record, and he's coming here to play. Then we have Pete Escovito, um, oh, yeah. uh, the Escovito family, and the oh, Count yeah. Basie Orchestra. And then Sunday we have 
Regina Bell, Jazz and Pink with Gail Johnson, and Brown Sturgis and Brown. So you're playing on all three days, correct? No, I'm you're playing two days. Just two, two days? days? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. And how? And explain to me, because I, you shared this on Facebook, so it looked like, from my point of view, that you were producing this event yourself. Are you producing this event yourself, or you're just hired to be the music director? No, I produce. So, so I'm. I met um, in the real world. I met um, Peggy Haas. Peggy Haas is uh, her family is is uh, Levi Strauss. And so she rebuilt this theater um, in San Francisco because she had to spend the money, $44 million, to restore oh this, the Presidio Theater back to its original thing. So, mm. I, I, um, so my cousin um, owns a limousine company, mm. right? And so my, my, his brother got hurt, right? Um, his, mother, his brother had a stroke. And so, oh. he, so he says, Tony, I need your help. I'm stuck. I don't have a driver. I said, you've been riding in the back of limos for so long. I know that you could drive somebody, you know, have a very important client. So I took her to, to the open her theater, uh, Peggy Haas. And we had a great conversation. And so my, I had just, this was September of 19. I just had my CD sexy something in my hand, right? I just had got it. I hadn't even heard it yet. I walked into this theater with my CD and I went to the, I went to, the, you know, after giving her a ride there, I went to this, this PA guy, I said, hey, can you play my CD, please? You know, because I didn't have nothing to do till she wanted to ride home, right? And, mm -hmm. and they had like a, I looked at, they had a Myers sound system. It's, they had, it, I listened to my CD, it was like, OMG. It was like off the hook. And so, so I said, man, this would be a great thing, the great place for a jazz festival. You know, I didn't think nothing of it. I just was talking to the people that worked there. I was like, man, this would be something off. This would be off the hook. This place is beautiful. 600-seat theater, not a bad seat in the house. Seats wide enough for people fat booty like me. It's still <laughs> comfortable. You know what I'm me saying? Too. Me too, <laughs> man. Me too. Hey, we can both sit there and it's comfortable. It's like you're oh, sitting in first class. You know? Wow. So, so, so I didn't think nothing of it. So all of a sudden, um, a couple of weeks later, they said, Hey Tony, Peggy had such a good time with you, and then I'm in this I'm in this rock band with her with her uh, Peggy's brother and sister in England. You know what I mean? And 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 so uh, uh, they said, hey, well they they said that you wanted to do a jazz festival, uh, get it together and bring a presentation. I was like, what? <laughs> For real? <laughs> and so basically, you know, it's it's evolved to that that uh, that the the Haas family has let me do this you know, and uh, put it together. And, uh, you know, it's incredible because I was on the other side of just playing gigs, but now I am ever so humbled about all the stuff you have to do. I know about the catering. I know about the security. I know about banners. Mm -hmm. I know right. about, you know, about everything that happens on the festival for three days. And uh, I'm really excited to do it and really excited to be a part of it. And, you know, we got to, like I say, you, we were talking earlier. So we got it next year. We got to figure out a way that all three of us can be at this festival, and 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 then and then we begin to spread it out. You know what I mean? This festival's gonna go on. I'm gonna gonna expand it. Smooth Jazz came in to help me with the advertising. A couple other stations have helped me. You know what I mean? So it's it's been a great learning experience, and uh, you know it's gonna it's gonna happen. I'm excited well, to see Count Basie. That's great. Too. 
Yeah, uh, we're both, I'm sure I'm speaking for Brendan, um, but we're both very excited for you on this. And um, I'll tell you what, Tony, you know, uh, I am releasing uh, Throb the Bass Gods remix. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's going to, I mean, I've been telling Brendan, it's already a year in the hole, but COVID stalled my plans. Uh, but anyway, uh, what a dream of mine to come true if we can get uh, Brendan, you, me, and maybe another bass player to play the Bass Gods remix version, because I've got... Uh, I've got some great bass artists on it. Uh, Vale Johnson is is performing on this uh, song. Um, uh, your friend Andrew Goucher is on it, and uh, uh, my mentor, my one of my teachers, uh, Bill Dickens, is on it. So, He's so crazy. Uh, Brent, 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 have you ever seen Bill Dickens play? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little little scary. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anybody play that fast. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, check it out. We'd have a four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve strings. <laughs> we would have an incredible bass lineup. Oh my God! I mean, that's something to look forward to, guys. For real, yeah, that'd be great. You know? That'd be great. You know? That'd be great. All right. Well, look, I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, as you know, this little bass podcast of mine started six months ago, and I've been focusing on a lot of my early rock heroes. So I've been uh, really inviting some of these guys who, you know, when I was 14 and 15, uh, who are still around. But uh, I'm, I'm going to be expanding, expanding my horizons. I plan on, on, you know, featuring more artists like the both of you, eventually doing one-on-ones. Um, and we'll talk more about bass gear, we'll, you know, right. which is really, really interesting. Uh, but um, I definitely would like you to at least tell the audience how they can get your music. Well, you can go to uh, visit my website at TonySaunders.com or you could go to Spotify. You can go to any place, iTunes, Amazon. But if you really want to make Tony Saunders happy, I would go to TonySaunders.com because I have all of those CDs too. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you could buy them from my store and I'll probably make the most money from my store than anything because a distributor, the iTunes and everybody, when it comes back to me, that same $12 that you pay, I get $1.80, something like that. That's so, a horrible, horrible thing. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a tragedy in my book. So what I plan on doing, Tony, is I'm going to buy two of your CDs. I'd like you to autograph them for me, mail them to me, and I will okay. give one away to um, one of my uh, followers. Okay, no problem. All of my, all of my 38 followers. <laughs> 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 and that goes the same for you, Brendan. Um, Go. Um, I, I got to tell you this, by the way. I just, uh, you know, um, Tony, man, this new single of yours, uh, ba how do you pronounce it? Balk Avenue? Balk Avenue. Balk Avenue. When you catch the D train all the way, all the way to the end, if you get up at Balk and Gun Hill Road, um, it's, it's in the Bronx, you pass Harlem, and, mm -hmm. and it's like, uh, Gun Hill Road has like has the 
the uh, the little Jewish delis where you get the fresh bread every morning, but it's in the Bronx. So I got to tell you, just a brief story. Ray Chu is my cousin, right? Mm-hmm. Ray Chu is the musical director for for uh, for uh, Dancing with the Stars, and he also mm-hmm. does another show on Fox. Okay, but when we were nine years old, so this was competition. He was nine, I was twelve. Which walking down the street first. First of all, I flew to New York playing piano, and I and I play my little piece, and I'm all happy, right? And uh, Ray sits at the piano and goes, "Oh, you do that?" And, and he goes like, mm, and, I, "And I went what?" <laughs> right? Wow. And, and then the, we're walking down the street, you know, because me and him were like brothers. And and he he goes, "The bus is in B flat." I went. Dude, he knows that too. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And then, and then, um, so we've been tight. We we comp- competitive basketball, football, baseball, everything. We're like, my brother never played sports, so he was. We'd like my brother's six four. I'm five ten. I could block his shot in basketball because I had hops. You know what I mean? But he'd go shot. Get out! You know. And so, but me and Ray Chu, he was like totally the musician's musician. And um, at 16, he played with Melba Moore. He was a musical director. At 18, he played with Ashford and Simpson. He's on Mr. Magic. He's on Wine Life. Him and, him and Marcus Miller went to School of the Arts the same, the same time. You know what I mean? And, 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 um, so, and what, what's odd about that is Marcus Miller graduated from School of the Arts on, on, on clarinet. And mm-hmm. Ray True graduated on drums. Um, cause he, 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 and so these guys are like, so, so every time I come to New York, um, I'd play on a session with Ray Chu. He said, Tony, you ready? You know, it's like, I play with all the badass cats, you know, all the, all the great cats. And, um, you know, and I just couldn't make mistakes. You know what I mean? Cause you know, if you make a mistake in his world, you don't get called back. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I had that all my life of him playing with somebody great to look up to. That was my competition was to let me just see if I could just hang. You know what I'm saying? But I got to play with so many people. Our play aunt booked all the sessions in New York. So so I'd go to the place to hang out with my aunt and Patty Austin would be sitting there. Luther Vandross would be sitting there waiting to go to their next gig. Ralph McDonald would come running in. Where's the, where's the next commercial at? Will Lee. I met Will Lee there too. And then I just lucked up and got a gig when I was 21 with Dave Liebman and, and uh, Dave Liebman and Pee Wee Ellis. And so I would go to Dave's house. Who was there learning sax from Dave? Michael Brecker. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's like, you know, so, so this is like, so that was my competition, but Balk Avenue taught me music because Nat Adderley Jr. um, Matt Adderley, Francisco Centeno, the bass player. Oh man, he's like ridiculous. Sammy Figueroa, Tinker Barfield, uh, Tinker Barfield played with Luther, and he's actually on a couple of tunes that we think is Marcus on Luther stuff, but it's Tinker. You know what I mean? Because and Tinker Ray and uh, I forget the drummer's name. They all grew up together. Remember Showtime at the Apollo? Yes, of course. Did you, did you ever watch that? Well, it was I Ray used to Ray watch Ray. it religiously, man. Ray Chu and the crew. Ray Chu yeah. and the crew. That was no, his I'm band. very familiar with Ray Chu, bro. And, and now he does everything, everything. Everything, the Macy's Parade, the lighting of Rockefeller Center, the lights. You know okay, what I'm man. All right. All right, this is what we got to do, man. So tell them about Balk Avenue. Man, Balk Avenue, I got to tell you, I first heard it. I 
immediately stopped in my tracks. I was like, who is that? I heard it from Lynn Tucker, um, who is um, the music diva at um, uh, Cafe Nouveau, right? Uh, she has a show for, um, I believe, Jazz City, right? And so I heard the track. I called her right away. I said, who is that? Who is that? Tony Saunders. Man, you, your intro, which is, you know, let's be real now, okay? It's very reminiscent of the intro to Carly Simon's You're So Vain. You know that, right? It's very reminiscent. No, check this out. Gail Johnson told me to play that. I had no idea. Now, of course, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not lying. Scouts, I'm Scouts Honor. I had okay. no idea it was the same thing. Gail Johnson was, was producing the, the record with me, right? And she just told me, do this. And so I said, okay, no problem. And, uh, and, and, I, got, and I, I played it for her, right? I had no idea it was the same thing as Carly Simon's record from back in the year or so, man. Yeah. I think the song is about you. You're so man. I had no idea till the song had been out for a while. And then people start going, Tony, you stole that from Carly Simon. I'm going like, huh? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, I don't smoke weed or nothing, but, but I'm a spacey guy. You know what I'm saying? From so back- you're telling, you're telling me that you never heard that track before? That Carly I, Simon I heard track? the song. I heard the song before, because yeah. I because I could sing it, yours, so man. Yeah. But I I didn't remember the bass part until oh. somebody oh, told God. me that they said, Tony, you didn't stole Carly Simon's bass lick and put it on your record. And because we you can't you know that you can't copyright bass lines, you know that you're safe. Yeah. I'm still like, I Gail told uh, me to play that. Well, Gail, you know, man, uh, Leland did Leland Sklar play that? Is that who played on that track? I didn't I'm do my sure. research. I would. I, it probably was Leland Sklar, you know? Um, you know? Um, you know that there's a mistake on that. No, there, there's not a mistake on that. There's a mistake on, I think, Carol King record. It's too late um, on the long oh. version. There's a mistake that they left on. You know, what, what can I say? No, but I had no idea that that was that song. I had, I swear to you. I When people start telling me that, I was going like, really? And, I, and then I went and did my homework and listened to the record. I went, dang. And that's not a bass. I'm not. It's not a bass doing it on the record. It doesn't sound like a bass. Oh no, that's a bass doing that. Bro. Oh, it is. Bro. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, 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 Brendan, man, uh, I, I wish Brendan would have uh, Googled that to find out who, who the bass player, <laughs> who the bass player was on that track because I, I wanted to do my research. I didn't get a chance to do my, my research on that. But that song gives me hope, Tony, man, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I hope it does very, very well for you. Now, um, Brendan, are yeah. you going to be releasing another single from uh, Sentiment, or um, what's the plans for that? Well, uh, another single, not at this point. I, you know, I, I pushed out, uh, what have we had from that? Three, Three, four tracks off that album in total, the singles, right? Um, and the album's two years old. And, you know, back to your question earlier about motivation, <clears throat> it's kind of easy just to sit back and go, oh, push another single out. I'd rather do something new. So in addition to the collaboration stuff that I've been working on, yeah, absolutely, I'm working on my own new material as well, which has taken a, not a different turn, but certainly will have a, a slightly fresher sound. I got into um, Keyscape about a year ago, if you know Keyscape, the 
platform. It's a beautiful digital sample library of like Fender Rhodes and 80 cents and stuff. So, oh, okay. you know, I've always written either on a bass or on a piano, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really finding my way around some of those funky kind of 70s, 80s keyboard riffs again now. So, mm-hmm. so that's cool. So yeah, my own material, I don't have any sort of timeline at this point. Um, I'm thinking maybe this year, I, that's looking more and more like early part of next year now for an actual release. But, you know, I, I have, as I said, probably a 10 or 11 different collaborations that are going on in the background right now as well, which is pretty cool. So, you know, that's that's going to be released over the next three to six months as they start to pan out as well. We'll get some more pieces moving on there. Um, I have to interject briefly here and say anybody who's listening, whoever uses Wikipedia to ask a music question, you're going to get redirected to TonySaunders.com because <laughs> like, the, the guys at Encyclopedia is absolutely insane. I sit here looking at this going, man, it, Siri isn't as fast as you. Like Google isn't as fast as you. Um, but to answer your question, Klaus Vorman was actually the bass That's player. That's wow. Klaus Vorman. Wow. Wow. That's it, man. That is Charlie's son. Oh, yeah. that was cool, man. Do you, do you know where I got that answer from, Tony? Where? I got it from TonySaunders.com. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. But, but let, me, let, me, let me plug the other website of discussion, and then we'll get onto Christian's website as well. So uh, the music I've put out, which you've graciously talked about today, uh, is obviously available, as is Tony's, as is Christian's, from all of those platforms, Spotify, iTunes, the list goes on. Tony, though, has probably the most relevant point when it comes to the revenue side of music. And so in a similar way to Tony, brandonrothwell.com is where you can find photographs of me from the late 70s onwards, as well as my music for sale on CD. Um, it's, it's actually quite amazing the amount of people that do still buy it. And I think more than half never actually play the disc. They simply want to buy it as a kind of keepsake. And I get notes from people saying, hey, please sign it to me or you know, sign it to my dog or whatever it is, and I'll <laughs> happily do it. Um, so, yeah, it's a very cool thing. But BrendanRothwell.com is kind of my source of truth. And then, obviously, the streaming platforms are out there as well, um, which is cool. Yeah. If you enjoyed this educational music program, please subscribe to We Sing the Bass Electric on your favorite podcast platform. We would love your feedback. Email us at we sing the bass electric at gmail.com. For bonus material and a chance to win merchandise such as autograph CDs and more, subscribe to our YouTube channel and join our mailing list at we sing the bass electric.com. As always, thank you for your support. And please buy music from these spotlighted artists. It makes a difference.